Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Overflow Podcast at theoverflowpodcast.com. Coming soon is. So, my name is Joaquin. I'm still Jay. And we are here for this week's episode. We are super excited because I'm just going to go ahead and introduce him Dolly. because I'm excited that he's here. We have with us um, Hunter. Say hi. Say hi, Hunter. Hunter. Well, let me, let me, (laughs) let me. Hunter's enough. We got, we got, we got Hunter, who is pastor of Encounter Church in Ackworth, Georgia. Right. You know, um, I always get confused because it's it's like that that border. It's right. It's Kennesaw, actually. Actually, still Kennesaw. So it's I was right last week. (laughs) So bugged out. Well, Jay yelled at me last week. (laughs) (laughs) You guys know uh, we've we've shared that we've um we started going to a new church. Yes. Called Encounter Church. Encounter. And this is our, our new pastor. This is our new... To our new church. Uh, our, our new pastor. So, so-so. I'm no, new. No. <laughs> no, it's... For me, for me, it's legit. We pre- we we um, dedicated Sonia there last week. That was... Oh, okay. Sweet. A, a big hard I, step I didn't, for me. But my, my child was not dedicated, so I'm not I'm not at that step yet. You are your child. <laughs> until, until I go forward and Hunter picks me up and <laughs> presents me to they the Lord. You might have a problem with that. <laughs> I guess you would never going to be dedicated. You can't see me. If you could see me, you'd know that's a problem. <laughs> I'm five six on my best day. <laughs> So we are we're super excited um, for this week's episode. We got a couple of things we want to uh, hit you guys up with. Uh, Jay, yo yo, what do you want to do first? Let's go ahead and um, let's do music first since uh, we just watched the video. We're gonna mix things up for those of you that are used to our way of doing things. Yeah, we do whatever we want. It's we're, our show. All right, so check this out. So our song of the week is West Side by What Up RG. West Side. Now, I th- we have spoken about What Up RG a couple weeks ago when he got signed to Reach Records. Right. And, so uh, this is his... And he had, the, he had his little maxi mini single, Right. Glow. This would be This is the first single off of his official Reach Records release, right? So the EP, EP is called Pleasant Hill. Pleasant Hill. Which is... Where he lives. A street or... here in, um, in Gwinnett County. You know, he's always representing Georgia. He's always repping Gwinnett. Yes. Right? So he keeps it in that line. You know, with 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 his first EP. So first single off his first EP. First single is West Side, off his first EP, Pleasant Hill. Pleasant Hill. Shout outs to Alex the DJ, who's the DJ in the video. In the video. Another another one of our guys, right? Another so, one um, of the kids we torture. Yes. <laughs> in love. And I and I and I'll in love. I'll say it now. I'll say it now, so you guys can get ahead. You can right? you can laugh, Hunter, because I'm I'm I'm. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. Next. <laughs> there next, we go. Perfect. Next week. Next week. Um. I wish we could have done two songs um, for this week, but next week I want to I want to bring out um, No Big Deal song Psycho Heart. Okay, I'm you, I'm not listening to it yet. That? We'll do that one next week. So yeah. be on the lookout for it. You got it. Matter of fact, we out. just mentioned it. So go ahead and yeah, just and, do it. and type it on the Googles, and you will find it or, the, or the YouTube's the YouTube's as it as it were the YouTube's the Spotify's um, the Apple so Music's. 
you know, because right, it's not iTunes anymore. The Googles, right? It's not iTunes anymore. Oh, it's Apple Music. It's Apple Music. That's they, right. Um, you know, that's right. Hunter talking about the the changing scenery of music. Like Apple has finally decided to stop selling downloads huh. of albums and singles and stuff on Apple Music. So where do you buy the music? You buy it on iTunes? You don't buy it. It's going to be a straight streaming like streaming service like like Spotify. That's I they were, I losing, they, weren't, they were losing money. They weren't making any money. Like people so, weren't so then, people so weren't buying music anymore. No, but like so then how are people how do how do people say they're on the iTunes charts? Apple Music now. See cuz I pulled up iTunes. I can still get iTunes. Yeah. Give it a, give it some time. They're going to get rid of it. Uh, I call shenanigans. I call shenanigans. shenanigans. All right. So, so then you can check it out on the Googles. All right. <clears throat> I, don't care. The, I don't care about Apple. On the anyway. dark corner of the interwebs. You know, because of <laughs> Apple's, the whole world got turned upside down. So any Apple product is just uh, a byproduct you, of that first act of sin. You cannot. I'm only doing that because the past is here. <laughs> you cannot say any jokes tomorrow. <laughs> You're banned from joking all day tomorrow. I'm going to go hide my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pastor. Oh, oh, Pastor. Oh, Pastor and Jay. Hold up. Let me bless some. Uh, let me bless some some did water. You hear, did you hear? Bless the, the coffee. <laughs> Holy coffee. When the, the iPhones came out, you. did you hear all the legalism about the iPhones? Like it wasn't until the iPhone that legalists saw the the logo for Apple. Oh, I didn't. Know. <laughs> they were like, oh, I don't roll. It's a manzana, mordida, como la manzana. Oh, the Apple said it was an Apple. Come on. Um, I got like twenty there that say it was. Um, I mean, don't and ignore the fact, ignore that like the hand write, the handwritten words on on each page. All the drawing. <laughs> the drawing. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, it's not like I have <laughs> nothing to do. Anyway, um, all right. So what up, right, RG? So what up, RG? West Super side. excited for this kid. Check Go video. check him out. Um, all right. So we're not gonna we're not gonna talk too too much about this, um, but but we're gonna mention it because it is the number one movie of the weekend. It I think it gained more money than Avengers did opening. It, I was about to say that it, it the, beat, late, the it last beat, thing that came out this morning is that it beat. Avengers Infinity War in in op- for the weekend for the weekend, weekend the opening weekend uh, we're talking about Deadpool two, um, it's not passive please don't hold this against us but it is rated R, so if you're under dun, dun, the, dun. if you're under the age of <laughs> of whatever of seventeen seventeen don't go out hey listen if you're a parent don't, don't take your kid don't take your kid if you take your kid. I hope you get real uncomfortable <laughs> when, <laughs> you you start, when they start asking you questions that you're just not really prepared to answer. Or, <laughs> or you get real uncomfortable <laughs> when they start repeating the words that they learn at a rated R movie. At like, a rated it's, R it's movie. It's just ridiculous. You don't take any kid to any no. rated R movie ever. Ever. Right? So, Come on. Let's be with smart. That, with, so with that public announcement, um, Deadpool 2. Uh, Since it just came out, we're not going to do anything. We're not going right? to do like a, a real, like, we're not going to get in depth. But what you think? I thought it was okay. Yeah, it was it was a good movie. I thought it was I thought it was a good a was, good sequel. It was a good sequel. It was it it, it um probably had a few issues. I'd have to watch it again for the to kind of pick out the issues that I might have had with it. But um I really enjoyed it. I was laughing, the people around me were laughing. It was entertaining, right? Because it's was, Ryan Ryan Reynolds, so it was entertaining. Yeah, it was super entertaining. The jokes all the, the laws, all the laws that he broke. Yes. Right? Like I was telling you, like Deadpool exists in all universes. Right. right in all universes, like he broke every single law and rule. It was awesome. It was amazing. Yeah, I, but I don't know about that. But we'll we'll get into <laughs> we'll that get into later next week. Right, we'll give them this weekend and the next and the following week to see. All it. right, so Junior, go watch it so that you don't <laughs> cry about 
Or if not, Spoiler. you know, just fast forward to the second half. <laughs> Pero mira, um, it was so. funny, right? It was yes, funny. It was funny. It was entertaining. Entertaining. Right? And um, it had enough action to keep you on your seat. A lot Plus, of action. And actually, it had a pretty heartfelt, couple of heartfelt moments. I mean, for that kind of movie, you know? You take, you take off the, the, the rated R-ness of the movie, and it was actually a really heartfelt story. Yes, there was a heartfelt story there. It was a heartfelt story. It was just wrapped I in a lot of... In my heart. Right, Deadpool, yeah, it was just Deadpool wrapped right. in a lot of violence. Deadpool loved the kids. Deadpool loved the kids. He loved the kids. So, uh, if... It if was it a family movie. If, <laughs> if, and he said it. If it does not violate your conscience, go watch the movie. Uh, let us know what you think. And if it does... Then don't watch then the movie. Then don't watch it. Um... You can go watch I Can Only Imagine. I believe it's still in the theaters. Uh, I don't think it is. And there is uh, uh, <laughs> Pure, Pure Flicks. You can uh, go to that. And I don't think it is, but you know. Um, oh, it is, because I, I saw I saw. You it. can watch. I thought about going to see it today. Maybe, maybe the dollar thing. I already had church. You can watch um, Samson. I saw Samson the other night. You can watch Samson. That's not in theaters, though. It's not in theaters anymore? No. What's the one that's still in theaters? Paul? I Can Only Imagine. Paul is also still in some theaters. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe the the Pope documentary is also in theaters. Who the heck cares? Did <laughs> but, you see um, the picture they used for the Pope documentary? Yeah. He looks he looks like a psycho. You see that? <laughs> I saw that poster and I'm like, why did they use this uh, picture of all, of all pictures? El Papa looking like a Papa. Um, el Papa psicotico, mira. So all right, so and now anytime Joaquin right. speaks Spanish, he sounds he, he speaks with a Dominican accent. And, anytime, anytime I no, not anytime I speak Spanish. Is anytime I. I well, do like joke like Spanish, jokes or satire, like yeah. jokes or whatever in Spanish. I'm always Dominican. I don't understand it. Maybe because that's just the best accent to make fun fun of. Um, <laughs> all right, so well, we're Dominican listeners. So to our Dominican, yes, he just said that. See, si, si lo dije. Get the pass, amigo. See, get the Um, I can say that because my godfather is Dominican, right? That's that's the thing now, right? You can say things, and as long as somebody in your family is that thing, you're allowed you to can say, say that because you have Dominican friends. <laughs> I have right. I have I have Dominican friends. My godfather and mother are Dominican, so I can say that. And I've actually visited, so there we go. And, I'm covered. And Wasco will forgive you anyway. So and wa- yeah, Wasco, yes, Wasco and, and Joel. Joel. <laughs> um, I know a Dominican. <laughs> I know a Dominican. I think I flew over the Dominican Republic once. <laughs> there you go. You're covered too. Okay, right. You're friends with us. We extend right. that covering. We, we extend the covering. We Definitely. extend the covering. Um, so a couple of a couple of um, bits of news that we just kind of want to hit up because um, it's been pretty eventful news week. Um, so let's go ahead and start with uh, what was. So I didn't I didn't work on I didn't work on Thursday and Friday. I had to go to some training, so I didn't watch any news during those during that during that time. But the first three days of last week, everything was royal wedding, royal wedding. So in case you don't know, there was a royal wedding this this weekend. Um, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry Harry tied the knot over in uh, jolly old England. Jolly old England. Right? And uh, from all accounts, people were like, oh, it was awesome. I know people that woke up early. So they go. Oh watch, yeah. So they go watch that woke up early and had to, to like watch it. wedding. Are you kidding? Parties. parties. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know somebody with tiaras and tea <laughs> and yeah. crumpets and biscuits and. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say you know, that fish and chips. Those were mostly like 
filled with females. I'm just going to go on that limb. Even though I know a dude who got up early, and I'm like, come on, bro. Really? You're going to get up early? <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, you know what I'm doing this morning? I was like, why are you watching a wedding? <laughs> Unless it's Wedding Crashers, and then you can you can watch that. But Because no, it's rated off. Because it's no, rated off. <laughs> but, um, no, but here's the thing. So, so obviously. But it's, a, it's a big deal, Big deal. American, it's a big deal. American, biracial. American, American biracial prin- woman. Who's now a princess. Right? Who, who 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 is also who is also older than Harry? Oh, right? she's older than she's him? older than Harry, and also like, you know, like Kate. That is that her name? Yeah, Kate. Kate like after she married William, right? Correct. Is that I'm, I'm, yeah? I'm, it's after she married William, then she got involved in all these like um, charities and all these organizations and all these other things, right? Right. Whereas Megan has already been doing that. Right, right, correct. She's already she, been a part of UNICEF. She's already uh, an ambassador, yeah, a, a yeah. UN ambassador for women, and and all this. Stuff. And and then I I learned today that um, Prince Harry also like he befriended like when he was um, when he was a soldier, and uh, yeah, he was a he was a pilot, right. But he befriended uh, a kid. I forget what country in Africa. Oh yeah, and he brought him to the. And he brought him I to just, the wedding. I just saw that. Right, I saw that this morning. So it's pretty dope. So it's it's it is it is a big thing because. Of the fact that she's biracial, right? Correct. The fact that she's American, right? And then the fact that she's an actress. Well, not anymore. No, no not anymore. Why are you gonna be an actress? You're a princess now. <laughs> not anymore. But just, you're living the real life Disney, dude. The funniest thing is the funny thing is that right. You know, again, I work for the news. So some some women at my job were say were like super excited. These are the women that I'm sure had like viewing wedding viewing parties. Yes. Right. Uh-huh. And they're like, Oh my God, it's so inspiring. This means that there's still hope for us, right? Any one of us can become a princess. <laughs> and I laugh harder than that. Right. I, you know what though? I I should have capitalized on those wedding parties because all these women all excited about seeing other you see, you're, you're the Prince of Puerto Rico. I, I'm the Prince of Puerto Rico, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, but listen. All these women, I want to get married, right? So and I can perform my own. Like, I'm licensed. Like, I can perform right? my own wedding. They're like, hey, you know, there's hope for us. <laughs> and I laughed so loud. I'm like, are you crazy? No, there's not. <laughs> no, there's not. Not just to be mean that you girls are hopeless, but you don't run in the circles. You yeah. don't run in the places. You never. It's, like, it's a long time like to wait. Same. A long time to wait. This ain't the movies. That's a long. That's a long time to wait for, for uh, Prince William's sons to grow up. They're like three. It's like three. that's a long time. Yeah, yeah you ain't. Yeah, you ain't gonna. Yeah, you ain't gonna. You think that you're gonna go and find your prince? Uh, your prince. So, but um, my prince. Well, well you not. need to introduce me to them. And I'll, my name is Prince. Um, no, no. Okay, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You wouldn't. Uh, you wouldn't subject them to me. That's, that's, what, that's what he's saying. I wouldn't That's subject what you to them. That's what he's saying. Uh, I'm reading between the lines. I wouldn't lines. subject you to them. <laughs> I wouldn't even subject someone that, <laughs> that, that I, I hate. Ay, bendito. So we got all that. Now, all right, here we go. Last, uh, The last two things. So we're going to, one, and then the second one is going to leap us right into, um, you know, our conversations with, uh, with, Hunter. with Hunter, Pastor <clears throat> Hunter, El Pastor Hunter. Hunter El Pastor. Um, I, I had some on Friday. So number one, <laughs> Thursday. Uh, so so we're gonna bring this up because we always we always you know try to bring these up. But you know there was the shooting, um, Santa Fe High School. Santa Fe High School. Um, in Texas, it was right outside of Austin, Austin right? Houston. Austin, Houston, Houston. Um, 
It was Houston, Houston, Houston. Yeah, we're because um all the Houston pastors that I'm connected to, they were all talking about. Just like even um like Matt Chandler, Matt Chandler said he went like he went to high school. Yeah, Houston, Houston. Like right in that area, right the the next high school over. Okay, close to um. So there was a shooting Santa Fe High School. Um, there was uh ten. Ten victims, nine students, one teacher, mm-hmm. um, and, th- and those are the ones that and he was a substitute passed. teacher, right? That's like what a day to go. Yeah, Glenda. He was substitute. Gl- she. Oh. oh wait, um, eight students and two teachers. I'm looking here at the okay. at the wiki. All right, so one of the, I know one um, of them was a substitute, it's and like they were both. You get called in to work one day, and they were both females, Glenda and Cynthia. Indeed. And the shooter had planned to commit suicide, but they got him first. They, they got him. They he, got well, he I I read that he said he couldn't do it. Mm. <sighs> Man, like he could have really? shoot himself. Yeah, he was going to shoot he, all those he, people. You can't shoot yourself. Well, but that's a big <laughs> listen. I'm not, but that's a big deal to you know yourself. Yeah. Um, you gonna wish you had once you got nah. caught. But uh, yeah, so the kid was 17 years old, and not right now. Obviously, right now they're they're doing the investigations. No problems. There was it's not like the Parkland shooter where there was like all these red flags right. that were missed. Right, right. This kid was just yeah. A teacher, just, a teacher just said, angry. yeah. A teacher just said like that. A teacher, he was in in her like a pre AP class or something, and she was like, yeah, he was quiet, but he wasn't like that weird kid quiet. You know, he was he was just a quiet kid. So. He he looked a bit. We'll of figure that. out. Who knows? But anyway, um, who knows what's gonna happen? So the sad thing, the sad thing was that in one one of the students was interviewed, like a survivor, right? And it made me sad to hear her say that, like, she wasn't surprised that it happened. Right? It's like it's, it's almost like school shootings are yeah. are becoming normalized, right? Like they're like, yeah, you know, it's been happening so much in other schools. Now it doesn't surprise me that it happened here. It's like no, it should surprise you. It's just surprising. Right. It surprised everyone. Well, the, yeah. the problem is, is that, and this is where I get myself in trouble. The problem is, is that never stopped you before, <clears throat> right? Um, they're really you're you're still you're still safer going to school than you are on your drive to school, right? You're still safer in your school than you are on your drive to school, especially if you're in Atlanta. <laughs> but well, I don't know, man, because living out in the country, those deers will get you. <laughs> Those deers, those deers will get you. Um, <laughs> there's been plenty of, I'm sure Hunter's known people, I've known people that have, that died because they tried to swerve deer. They I just, never hit a deer, but one they just hit jump me, out. one ran right into me. Yeah. Wow. Plowed yeah, right the, into the yeah, side deer, of my van. Deer will get you. <laughs> The only, the only they get thing you because you because you, you look at them you're like oh they're so cute so you swerve and you lose control and and they just look and they just keep going away and you're like oh as the only your, time as your I spirit had is going to this and this experience with a deer was driving at night and I was with Junie in the car and we like oh look at the deer on the side right oh wow check that out and then right when we got close to it it jumped over the car I was <laughs> like I break. So like that don't keep going. Yeah. And it'll hit the car and it's jumping. Like it jumped over the car. Yeah. And Junie's like, oh wow, that's so cool. And you got lucky. No, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> that was just, just in case anybody ever. wants to know rule of thumb, if a deer runs in front of you, you hit him. <laughs> just hit him. Don't try to swerve because you're gonna end up killing yourself or getting yourself hurt. <laughs> and the deer runs away. So Maybe if it, it goes home. So if your deer runs in front of you, bumper cars, hit them. You can't just break. No, just break no, and let it go. No, be, the horn no, and because let it go. if you if you if you slant, see that's the thing though. You, if you're going 15 miles an hour, but most time you're going 35, 40 miles yeah, an I was, hour. I was going slow. And 
to slam the brake, you can still lose control. Mm-hmm. That's true. So just hit them. I mean, you, yeah, you tap your brakes, but I'm just saying you don't swerve. You just go right at them. Just hit them. And then throw them in the trunk. Throw them in the trunk. Take them to the butcher. <laughs> and uh, you, have some, you have some deer meat. But what I'm saying is that mm. is that part of the problem is that is that with the news, the news has so sensationalized this. Yes. That it, it makes you think that it's happening all the time. But statistically, if you go and look, it is not. And I'm not going to get into the into the please don't the, the weeds in that. <laughs> but statistically, it does not happen all the time. You're still safer in school than you are. I mean, than you are driving driving to school. And um, you know, stop. We got to stop. We got to stop throwing fear into people, into oh. our kids, and that's all we're. That's and that's what and that's what's happening. If we don't, if we all don't, this fear is getting ginned up. If the news and so, doesn't do that, then you know. And so that's why. So have news to just sell. remember. Click it or ticket, and uh, you'll be fine in school. You're safer there than uh, but let's, you know, let's and run into the deer. Let's um, so let's remember those victims. Let's, let's remember the victims and, and their families. pray for their families. Yes, you know we don't we don't pray we don't pray for the dead. We don't pray for the dead. I, I hear a lot of people that say that. Oh, let's Yet. pray for the victims. No, no we don't no. pray for the dead, but we do pray for their families and their loved ones. Right, who are left with that hurt and that loss? Yes. Right. So let's pray for the vi- for the family of the victims, the communities, the churches, the right. the the people that work in the schools that in the school that have to, you know, be a source of strength for the students that for have to come kids, back yeah. to school. You know, so so let's do that. Um, so and now, there was another shooting somewhere here in Clayton County I, at a graduation. In Jonesboro. I, uh, you know, I, I, I heard a blurt, but I, I didn't have time to look it up. But I don't think it was. I think it was in the parking lot. Yeah, they were having the an argument, and then went yeah, so, the so, lot. yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like a, it wasn't like going, a guy yeah, going in and trying to and trying to do whatever. Um, cool. So why don't you go ahead and go with the next the, the next news article, and that'll leave I, us. I didn't, didn't want to send Junior his graduation on Friday. And that bulletproof vest. And that'll, um, and that'll leap us into. Our conversation. Do we have a bulletproof vest? No, we don't. All right. So, all right, so check this out. So, Those um, are expensive. I looked into them. <laughs> on, on the whole thing with the news, right? Um, Thursday. <laughs> just, wait, wait. Just give him a skillet. You can just get that skillet. You buy the iron the yeah, cast skillet. You can just have him in his shirt. <laughs> That'll stop a bullet. Okay, go ahead. Oh, it, sorry. I had to get it out. That would stop a bullet. <laughs> um, on Thursday, um, news came in that an airplane in Cuba um crashed like it 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 took off and quickly crashed and um we we we're going to we're going to touch base on that we're going to touch on that a little bit because the reason why we invited Hunter wasn't for him to just hang out and and just be a you know the third person on the show but right. he cuz we want like us. he recently went to Cuba to um sorry excuse me to it was a church plant yeah. that he's involved with, right? An organization he's involved with. But Cuba is near and dear to his heart because why plant a church in Cuba if it's not a place that's that's dear to your heart? And um because you know that this, this this news affected him. It affected all of us, more so because it's people. Right. Right. But also on that plane, um, ten pastors and their wives and their wives, and their wives yeah. perished. Right, so Pastor Hunter. <laughs> Hi. Dale, habla. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. One thing about, about about Hunter. He is 
probably the whitest white guy with the most perfect Spanish that I've ever met. Yes. Gracias. And right. it's especially being from Statesboro. Like, you don't know about Statesboro. I know about Statesboro. <laughs> and that is, and that is, that is, you pass, if you go to Savannah on 16, you pass by Statesboro. Okay. All the way down there. Yes. God. Yeah. He's, a, he's, it's a party, it's a party town. It's a college town. It's a college town. So, yeah. um, Hunter, let's, let's do this. Why don't you, um, just give us a little bit about who you are to start off with so that, mm-hmm. Our our listen our two or three friends that listen to us all the time <laughs> so will know will know will know who you are. Just share us a little about your story I'm and Hunter, who you are. El Cazador. <laughs> <laughs> He's a reggaeton artist on the side. That's actually that was actually me doing all of that. Well, like. Jay and Joaquin mentioned I'm the pastor of Encounter Church here in the north side of Atlanta and uh, where these guys come to church. Been here for four years now. And uh, what do you want to know? So, so you know, um, just a little bit of just a, like a, a thumb sketch of how you went from Statesboro okay, all to right. here. Well, I was born, raised in good old Statesboro, Georgia. Statesboro. Wow way down there near Savannah, and um, yeah, born and raised there, and uh, when I was uh, a teenager, and uh, got just radically born again in my in my church, in my youth group there, and uh, had a, a youth pastor crazy enough to take the youth group on a mission trip, and uh, we ended up going to Mexico. And uh, to uh, a town called Casas Grandes in the state of Chihuahua. Yes, that is a place. Wow. Chihuahua is the state. It's actually mm-hmm. the largest state in Mexico, land area-wise. Mm-hmm. And the reason Chihuahua dogs are called Chihuahuas is because that's where they were found. Ah. So the state isn't named after the dog. The dog is named, named after, after the state. So they found these rats, and they were like, hey, <laughs> they look like dogs. Like prairie dogs. <laughs> <laughs> they were like little rat dogs little like <laughs> prairie dogs that lived in like holes and caves and stuff like that in this northwestern area of mexico called so now, chihuahua beverly hills chihuahua yes makes more sense to me now yes except watch beverly hills chihuahua and when they take the dogs back to chihuahua that looks nothing like oh chihuahua. no not at all but still <laughs> but like when well, yeah the the main one the, yeah. the one that george lopez has yes. the voice for like he's always talking about how Chihuahuas were hunters and they were cave dwellers and all that, yep, and I'm just thinking, right. and I'm just thinking, you know, it's just, it's just dialogue for the movie, right? right? Because <laughs> they're purse rats. Sure, right? I've, yeah, I've, I've never seen the movie. Yeah. So, you <laughs> don't have kids. The <laughs> so Chihuahuas are Puppy, real. I want to see the movie with the dog. <laughs> Chihuahuas a real place, and uh, that's where I was 16 years old when I uh, went on my first mission trip there, and. Um, God just really got a hold of my heart. Um, I, at that moment, I had you know had taken Spanish in high school, but what right. is that? Yeah. Like, so he said, so he, all the Spanish he knew was, well, donde está la biblioteca? Yes, <laughs> donde está el baño? No, and we we la- <laughs> I laugh now because back on that trip, I remember they taught people to say, 
like sharing the gospel on the streets to people you need to repent of your sins and some of the teenagers saying necesitas arrepentirte de tus pescados <laughs> <laughs> and people would laugh and be like what? <laughs> if you don't know what that means is you need to repent of your fish <laughs> the word pecado is sin but pescado is fish and so nice. we were evangelizing people to repent of their fish of their fish and they did so I guess they're good yeah yeah <laughs> but anyway, that was Chihuahua. That was 1990. So no, no fish eaters in that time. That's right. No. They repented of all of it. The whole town. <laughs> no, <laughs> the whole town. No fish anymore. But uh, anyway, Chihuahua. That was 1997. <clears throat> I think I was 16. And um, and uh, from there on, I just you know felt like God was calling me to become a missionary. Eventually, and you know, I was in high school at the time. So I just took it upon myself to learn Spanish. Um, so just basically learned it on my own. I hung out at Mexican restaurants all the time. Right. Became close friends with the waiters. And and that's how I learned. I learned Spanish by talking to waiters at Mexican restaurants. And um, There was this one guy... Nacho, I remember. That just He'd, means I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to move to Poland to finally learn how to speak that's right. <laughs> or go to a Polish restaurant and hang out. There but, aren't any. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember this guy Nacho. When, when we first met, he didn't speak English. I didn't speak Spanish. And in about a year's time, he spoke English and I spoke Spanish. Nice. Just from oh. hanging out together. So and did he repent from his fish? He did. Awesome. No more fish that's the great. rest of his life until heaven. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that that led me to just anyway. The next few years, I kept going back to Mexico um, over and over again. And then when I graduated high school back in good old nineteen ninety nine, um, I, I, you know, I I graduated I graduated college in ninety eight. I graduated high school in ninety. <laughs> Uh, I did 94, yeah. Well, we um, all just revealed our age to you. Hutchins <laughs> <laughs> is a baby. <laughs> I'm your pastor, remember? <laughs> He's a baby pa- pastor. He's a baby pastor. <laughs> pastor baby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no wonder he was drawn to the stuff, Chewbacca. It was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at all the cool figurines here in this apartment. Um, no, so I learned Spanish on my own. Um, is, you know, maybe 70, 80% of it. And then right when I graduated high school, there was an opportunity for me to go, um, and help at this, this same church that was like a brand new church plant on my first mission trip in 97. Uh, they asked if I could come help. They had just started a school and the guy that was their English teacher for the school was going to be out for the semester. So they said, would you come and help us for three months while this teacher is gone? So I was like, yeah. So I I wanted to, to get to Mexico. I did not want to be an English teacher, however. Right. But that was the way to go. So right. I got there. And um, after I was there for a couple of months, I knew that that's where I was going to be. And uh, f- so I committed to stay there for a year, committed to stay there for a second year. That became eight years, long story short, eight years that I lived there in, in Chihuahua and um, – you know, within three months, my 70% Spanish became 100%. Nice. So I speak 100% Espanol Mexicano. Which is, yeah. which is, is yeah, that was one of the things that we noticed <laughs> when we heard you speak, uh, speak Spanish. Speak. Uh, speak Spanish. Yes. We're like, oh, he speaks Spanish like a... Like a Mexican. Like a Mexican. 
Órale. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that. And so that became eight years, right? Um, in those eight years, obviously, I, at first I was teaching English, but eventually uh, my heart was always to reach youth. And uh, at, I, I was a wee little old youth when I moved there. I was 18 years old when I moved as a missionary. I was thinking about that the other day. I'm 37 years old. And I was like, Mom, <clears throat> you were 37 when I moved to Mexico as a missionary. Wow. My kid's just six years old. <laughs> <laughs> I was a grown man moving off to a foreign country when you were 37. And uh, anyway, brought some perspective. But um, I was 18 years old when I moved there. And uh, uh, eventually, within you know a few months, I started not only being an English teacher, but I became the youth pastor of the church there and you know, eventually became just one of the kind of associate pastors and leadership trainers there for our, what was at that time, a new church plant, not so new later, right. helped to raise up the youth group, train leaders, started a, a leadership school there. And then after, um, it's, it's, it's funny, at, right before, you know, what we now hear a lot about is the drug war in Mexico, right? which a lot of that was centered around Ciudad Juarez, which is Chihuahua, which is the border of El Paso, Texas. Right. Um, where I lived was only about three hours from there. And then the city where I lived, Casas Grandes, was right in the middle of all of that crazy bloodshed, people, you know, shootouts in the street. I knew several people who were killed in that. Wow. Um, in that period of time. And you don't hear a lot about it anymore, but it's still going on. Right, yeah. And so I guess there's just a lot else going on, so <clears throat> you don't hear about it as much. But... Um, in uh, 2000, say late 2006, I felt like God was telling me, your time here is going to come to an end. Now, granted, the, the eight years I lived there, it was so it was perfectly safe. Like, right. I remember walking the streets at 1 o'clock in the morning, no big deal. Get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> nothing, right, right. No, you know. And, uh, I wouldn't even dare do that right now. But, um, and so, I mean, I resisted the, this feeling that my time there was going to come to an end. I thought I'd live there forever. You know, I thought I'm a you know full time missionary the rest of my life in Chihuahua. That's what I thought. Right. Because uh, <laughs> I mean that my, my heart was in it. I wasn't looking for anything else. And um, long story short, through a series of of events, I really knew that my time there was coming to an end. And um, right after, okay, let me put something else in there. I had liked this girl for about. For <laughs> I was I was about to I was yeah. about to call you out. <laughs> yeah, I had liked this girl for Ooh, about two, baby, baby. yes, <laughs> two to three years, and I hadn't done anything about it. And I was getting ready to move, leave Chihuahua, and one day I really felt like God spoke to me and said, "You're going to do anything about that? <laughs> <laughs> like you've liked her for over two years. Are you going to do anything? Like it's now or never, man. You're going to move. You got to do something about this." So. I did. I am calling you right. back out. All right? It's yeah. now I, or never. Yes. <laughs> Is she going to come with you or are you going to stay solo? <laughs> so another long story short, I married a Chihuahua. <laughs> Chihuahua Wednesday, let me say it right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say nothing about that. <laughs> Oh, the way the world is going, we might oh, be able to marry Chihuahuas yeah, legally here hey, soon. Hey, you threw yourself um, in a doghouse. <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, <laughs> hey oh man. Oh, man. I, uh, well, I'm going to put that one in my pocket <laughs> for yeah. later. In the, in the, uh, as the, like I was getting 
ready to move from Chihuahua. I didn't know where I was going, what I was doing. I just knew that that God had told me it's time your time here is up and and he told me I'm going to make you, you know, more of a blessing to to Mexico and other nations by taking you out rather than leaving you here. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what that meant, but I just said, "Okay, we'll do this." At that time, um over the years one of the things that I had done was help host other missionary groups. One of them was called Extreme Mission. And Extreme Mission was kind of like the the vineyard <clears throat> movement or the vi- vineyard denomination. Yeah. Is that a denomination? Yeah, vineyards. Vineyard, they're like yeah. a denomination. Yeah. So I mean, even though they don't, they say they're non-denomination. Yes. Non-denomination. So in the in the in the denomination has become a denomination. Yes. Yeah, so, in the so. early two thousands through the mid, you know, before two thousand ten, ish, Extreme Mission was the vineyard youth mission arm thing. Okay. Yeah. Summer mission trips, and so. Um, the extreme extreme mission was based out of El Paso, Texas, and uh, like up the street, which is across the border from Ciudad Juarez, Mexico, Chihuahua, and then thirty minutes north of El Paso, Texas, is a city called Las Cruces, New Mexico. I don't know if yes. anybody's ever heard of Las Cruces, yeah. but yeah. I would get in trouble with all my friends from Las Cruces. But it's just a suburb of El Paso. <laughs> so. Anyway, but it's in New Mexico. So yeah. Las Cruces um, was where Extreme Mission, um, and out of this ministry called Heart for the World, was based. And since I had worked with them several times, I kind of knew the Extreme Mission people, the Heart for the World people. And uh, through conversations, I got invited to come again. This seems like a theme in my life. But to come for three months right, and help <clears throat> with their mission program. And so I was leaving Chihuahua, and that was the place I could go. So I went. So I took a little break between Mexico and New Mexico. I went to Poland on a mission trip, which is really right. cool, which is dear to Jay's heart. Poland. Dear to my heart. He did it. Whoops. Jay. Dear to my wife's heart. Jay's playing me. What are you doing? <laughs> I am looking for pictures of Hunter for the cover. Oh. If you can find any, let me know. I have. Oh. <laughs> you should, you should, you should like Photoshop like a tiny little chihuahua next to him <laughs> in my <laughs> pocket, like in his pocket. That would be such a great visual. And he oh, could when he shows Liz. His By the way, my chihuahua's name Liz. She's not a chihuahua. She's a beautiful lady. <laughs> or I could just Photoshop a tiny oh, picture of his wife and put her in his pocket. By the way, Liz and I now have two. Chihuahua mutts, half Chihuahua, Chihuahua <laughs> half, half <Georgia>. white boy. <laughs> Anna and Oliver, my two little baby Chihuahua, half Chihuahuas. So anyway, in, ended up moving <laughs> moving to New Mexico. I'm sorry, I'm just remembering. Um, <laughs> Hunter, you're just making us fall in love with you no, no, all no. over again. I'm just Uh-oh. remembering um, <laughs> lunch, lunch at yes. my house where Bean... <laughs> and Bean was going to his daughter. Hey, want to hold my hand? <laughs> we were arranging marriages. Sit down, sit yeah, down together nice. and watch TV. And I'm like, he's going to get me to so much trouble. Nice. And she did hold his hand. She held yeah. his hand. Because <laughs> Chihuahuas are like that. <laughs> <laughs> They're cool like that. I always joke, I'm going to get so much trouble if Liz hears this. Well, but she grabbed gone. my hand when we first started dating. I didn't grab her hand to hold her hand. She grabbed mine, and she denies it. 
I think she'll deny it to her grave. To her grave. But she did. She was. She made the first move to mm, touch mm, my mm, hand because mm, mm, mm. Chihuahuas See, are like that. Mm, <laughs> I, would, mm, mm, mm. I would say a few things like, you know, well, yeah, she's Latina. She's Latina. <laughs> <laughs> They, they but forward, she denies it. She still says like it's that. not true. She's Latina. But, uh, but, like, I have the same, we, we told you this, I had the same argument with with Magda, right? Right. Because she swears that she didn't reach out to me first <laughs> on social media. And I'm no, like, yeah. she did. Yeah, you did. Um, I have, I I have, have proof. I have a witness. Fa- Fa- was in the car with me, right? <laughs> yeah, I was there. Jay was like, oh, look, who reached out to me? Like, who's that? And I'm like, who's that? And he was like, I don't know. I think I, I think I just talked to her at the at like, the City Takers. Event. Like, yeah, but you know, she was at City Takers, so. And then we we remember we looked through a, we looked through her yeah. pictures. Oh, she's cute. Okay, yes. Uh, hi. I will accept your prayer request. <laughs> <laughs> How shallow of you, Jay? Shamed of oh, you. I, I, and here we are, two Puerto Ricans later. I, I admit, That's right. that I, I admit that I'm shallow. Yeah, me too. I admit that I'm shallow. I'm, I'm shallow. I'm, uh, I'm probably worse than you. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm worse than you. Oh, uh, okay, where where was I? I'm so, in New Mexico. So now. you're in New Mexico. Yeah, moved to Las Cruces. Yes, moved to Las Cruces. Uh, yeah, Working obviously Liz extreme. and I got married, and uh, when we got married, she moved from Chihuahua up to New Mexico, and uh, at again, I was just gonna be there for three months, and then about two months into it, the the leader, uh, one of the best, you know, leaders I've I've ever met, if not the best, uh, Pastor Dale Walker. He it was the, the the head of Extreme Mission and Heart for the World Ministries, and at the, our lead pastor there at Heart for the World Church in Las Cruces, he um, asked if I would <clears throat> become the youth pastor, and I was like, no. So everyone at this table has been <laughs> through the jaws of youth pastorship. Yes, me twice. So I said, <laughs> me, me, I yeah, said, I said, times. I said, absolutely not. I'll pray about it, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I certainly wasn't there planning to be a youth pastor, but I I said eventually said yes, and uh, probably one of the best decisions I ever made because um, I hadn't planned to be a youth pastor, but one of the best things ever happened to me. We we uh, I started before before Liz and I got married. I started working with a handful of teenagers at the time, and uh, then Liz and I got married, and that made it easier because you know you're limited to what how much you can minister to young ladies when right. you're a young man. And so, that's uh, true. Got married. That very true. That made mm. made the the impact a lot easier and a lot better. So, um, again, long story short, this was a church that was a you know a, a pretty big church for for that city, but pretty much no young people. And uh, we really saw like a revival happen with the youth at the church. What was a church with almost no young people became a church that the young people were. The, the driving force of the church, and um, over a period of time there, we um, we started doing something called encounter retreats, and uh, that happened because uh, when I first moved to Las Cruces, um, one one morning I was about to wake up, and I had a very vivid dream, and I'm not the kind of guy that dreams all the time, and God speaks to me through dreams. That's a few times in my life, but this was a very real moment for me. Right. And all I can remember in the dream was that Jesus was telling me, your main purpose is to help people encounter God, is to help, is to get get people into a personal encounter with me. Just lead them there, and I'll do the rest. And so that's what we based our whole youth ministry on. Hmm. Um, we're just going to help teenagers, college students, 
have a personal encounter with God and he'll, you know, take care of the rest. And so we, we just focused on that. And uh, over a few years, we saw not only a lot of young people come to Jesus and come to church, but uh, we trained them. We took very seriously the, the sort of the call to train them to be leaders. And um, over the course of a few years, we started a discipleship school, a leadership training school, a ministry training school. And a lot of those that had been like teenagers with us since they were 14, 15 years old, grew up through high school, through co- went through college, went through our leadership training. And um, it really just really helped raise up the, the church there in Las Cruces. And then around, uh, yeah, it was like right around the time we had Anna. So 2012, our, our first daughter was born. And um, I started really feeling like one day we're going to plant a church. And so when I mentioned that to to Liz, she was like, she looked at me like, Mm-mm. why would you say something like that? <laughs> like, why why would we ever want to do that? That sounds really hard. Right. We, you know, and, and, and I'll mention here, we kind of like, you know, we were in a good situation there. The church had grown to a pretty substantial sized church. We had, a, you know, a good salary and all the good perks and insurance and all that stuff. And we weren't in charge. We worked for somebody else. We didn't have to make the decisions. We right. just did our thing, you know, and we had total freedom to just do yeah, whatever we It was we like, a, yeah. like a sweet spot of ministry. Yeah. Yeah. And then so it was like, go out and plant a church from scratch. That just sounds hard. So anyway, we I just kind of like kept thinking about it, praying about it. I kept mentioning to her. Eventually she's like, okay, well, let's like really think about this. I meant we mentioned it to our pastor there and like immediately his first response was yeah you're called to do that hmm. <laughs> you're like no you're supposed to say no you're supposed to say well let's think say, about that say, let's pray about that <laughs> yeah let's yeah. pray about that for like 15 years so, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> i think that's what liz was expecting but he was like yes and so that for me that was like let's do it tomorrow you know but i had to you know have my wife on board so um we prayed for a while, and we decided to do like a, a 21 days of praying and fasting. And after that, Liz came to me, and she's like, all right, let's do it. Nice. So this was back in 2013, around there. We went back to our pastor. We said, we really feel like that we're going to do this one day, and really, truly one day, we thought like pretty far out in the future. And uh, he said, yeah, cool. So what we're going to start doing is pray more about it. You need to start like scouting out cities. Where do you think you want to plant? And we're like, I don't know. We're way out here in the Southwest. It was so weird because I grew up in the Southeast, and I never in my life imagined I would return to the East Coast. Never. Like, I never thought, like, I was happy out in the West, and I was thinking, Denver or somewhere out there. But there was this really strange thing that started to happen to me. I just felt like I was being drawn back to the East. Like the force was calling me. Mm. It was really weird. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So uh, the more I thought about it, the, the more, it, you know, that that feeling grew. And we decided to take a trip to just like go see what we felt. And so uh, Liz and I and then my brother-in-law, so Liz's brother, Julian, his wife, Diana, and our two, uh, our brand-new baby and their brand-new baby, we all flew out here uh, to the east coast and we drove literally through we took a tr- uh, a, a trip a road trip through um pretty much all of georgia actually liz and i first started by going to charleston south carolina because we thought well there's 
that's a cool city. Let's go there. Right. Drove through all of Georgia and literally like all we went to every major city in Florida, like Jacksonville, exactly. Orlando. And Charleston, you wouldn't have survived there <laughs> with the like hundred um elevation churches. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so we drove through like Jacksonville and Tampa and Miami. We really thought we were going to move to Miami, and then we went to Miami, and we were like, we are not moving to Miami. Because <laughs> <And then laughs> like uh, that, that kind of dovetails a little bit into it, because I had a really, I started having this really strong feeling towards Cuba. because For, for many years, I was like, one day I'm going to go to Cuba. I heard about how terrible and difficult the situation it was in Cuba for Christians, that Christians had to be underground, churches had to be underground. Right. And, you know, it's illegal for more than 40 people to gather <laughs> in one place and all this, and it's like, one day we're going to go to Cuba and we're going to do something in Cuba. But back in the day, that was kind of like just a dream, something that was impossible. Right. So I thought, if we move to Miami, we're like right there. Right. We can like almost see it. And um, I, you know, inside of my heart is Havana Onana. <laughs> I'm sorry. I quit. Don't, I'm sorry. I'm don't, sorry. I don't you to. ever, <laughs> ever apologize for a corny joke. Okay. Not around <laughs> me. Oh, anyway, so. How dare you? That was a really serious part of the story. I had to break it, but. Oh, that's <laughs> great. <laughs> Man, nah, 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 nah. Nah, nah, thanks. Now that's stuck in my head. Now half of my heart really is in Havana, oh. but. Uh, so I'm gonna have to go back and and get Find it. But anyway, we were gonna move to Miami because it was like that's as close as you can get to Havana. You can fly there. You know, we can we can do missions in Cuba. We can be in the city where it's highly Latino and all that. And uh, so anyway, we drove through Miami. We're like, I am not moving here with my kids, no sir. So then we thought we'll move to Tampa, right. mainly because it's, it's really pretty. Yeah, it's right there. <laughs> it's not that far. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> and yeah, I love Puerto Rico too. And um, we, we, we the, the day we came to Atlanta, it was awful. It was absolutely awful. A typical rainy, thank you, a typical rainy. We got soaked trying to walk around, do stuff in Atlanta. Right. And, uh, but something inside of me knew that it was here. It was here. It was, it was here. Wow. I didn't say that to anybody. I just knew on the inside of me. And the craziest thing happened, we got back to Las Cruces, and after a while, you know, just thinking about it, we went and we talked to our pastor, and we're like, well, we went here, we went there, Miami, Tampa, Jacksonville, all these different places, and Atlanta, and he, like, looked at us, and I was sitting there with my wife, and he looked at us, and he's like, well, I'm not telling you, if you know Pastor Dell, you know this is the way he is. He will never, ever push anything on you. Okay. It was like, I'm not telling you at all that this is it, that this is what God wants, but I hope you won't discard Atlanta because, you know, he started giving us all these reasons. Um, but then he shared with us, he's like, back in whatever the year was. So it, at that time, like he said, tw about 25 years ago, I was preparing to move to Marietta to plant a church. In Atlanta. Wow, Marietta. Marietta, right. That's where we're sitting right now. Yep. We were going to move to Marietta. We actually went there. We, we were already making plans to move there to start a church. Right. We were going to move from El Paso, Texas to the Atlanta area, specifically Marietta, to plant a church. And it just fell through. It never happened. So we instead 
moved 30 minutes north into Las Cruces, New Mexico, and planted a church here. And so Liz and I were just like, oh, my God. Ruh-roh. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't for him. It was for us. Like, it's still going to happen, but instead of them coming to do it, we're going to come do it. So we knew, like, we just knew it is Atlanta for sure. And I'm like, oh, I knew it already, you know. And so we decided Atlanta. But the craziest thing was, like, our he, he told us, like, you know, most pastors don't do this. Most pastors want to keep all their people. Right. And But he said, well, I've planted two churches, and if there's one thing I've learned um, is that if you could start with a small group of people that already knows you, and they know your heart, and they know how you work, and they know your, your vision and your values and all that, it'll save you some time. You know, it'll save you some hard work. And heartache. He, yes. <laughs> yeah. And he said, so you should share this with some of the people that you know and some of the people here that you've trained even – and invite them to maybe say, hey, would you like to come for two years to Atlanta, oh, na, na. <laughs> Oh, no. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that one didn't work. All right. So and, uh, so see, see if they'll, like, commit to going two years with you. And I actually laughed at that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so we were like, who is going to, like, just get uproot, up, yeah. uproot, and just move across the country. And if you've never been to New Mexico, Georgia is a different world. It's right. like, yeah, it's still the United States. So there's Starbucks and McDonald's. Right. But it's totally different it's, culture. Yeah. New Mexico is like border culture. And a lot of people in Georgia have never even been to the border. Right. And well, so on, it, only the border between yeah Georgia and Florida. Alabama and, and, or, or yeah Tennessee right and Alabama. So anyway, you're thinking you know who's going to move and do that, but there's probably maybe a handful, two or three like crazy people that are adventurous and say yeah we'll do it you know. So again, that's another long story short. We shared it with you went with like twenty people. We shared it with a group of people, thinking two or three people are going to come with us, and twenty two of us I think ended up moving here wow. in 2014. It's amazing. So uh, we shared it, and we were like, we can't promise you anything. We can't promise you anything at all. No position, no nothing. We're going to nothing. We're starting from scratch. Save your money, enough to live for a couple of months. Get there. Find a job. Find a place to live. And we're going to start a church. And so we, uh, we, we, we started making the move. The first of us moved in March 2014. I think by August-ish, pretty much, uh, at least 20 of us were here, and uh, we ha actually started before everybody got here. We started in the basement of our house. We eventually found this little, this tiny little place on Lockhart Drive in Kennesaw. It's right around the corner from the, the campus of the university. Right, yeah. We started there with the, the 20 of us, and um, I guess the rest is history. I talk like we've done a lot, but it's been... We're going on four years. So four years. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> going on four years. September officially will be our four years since we started Sunday service. And uh, that little building where we started could hold about 70 or 80 people comfortably. And I say comfortably because it was not like it wasn't comfortable. It, there were two toilets in the whole building. And one of them was inside of a kid's classroom. So during service, that <laughs> right. one was unavailable. <laughs> so there was one shared bathroom for men and women during services and then the air conditioning unit was like not fit for crowd that the building wasn't meant for a church it was meant for like a 
office building. So right. Once we started getting more than like 40, 50 people in there, it started getting really hot. Again, so we, we got to Great, the point. Yeah. For the odor. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so you say that you started with like 20 people in that place, right? Mm-hmm. So how did people outside of the group that came with you, that knew you, that already you know built with you, how did people start coming to your services? We just started making friends. Like one of the things we were not here to do was to be the next cool church to yeah. get people from other churches. <clears throat> we weren't here to be the next great show. I mean, no 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 offense at all meant towards anybody, but there's a church plant, a new church plant on like every corner around here. And there's kind of this feel of you got to make a big show to get everybody to come to. And I just felt <clears> like <throat> if I put on a big show and people show up, then I got to live up to that show right. next yeah. week. But and then, then they the come fall, for the show. Then they come for the show. So it's like, no, what we've got to do is just like missionaries. Like we got to get, we just got to start getting to know people. We got to start making friends. So we did. I remember the first guy that got saved at our church, the first guy that like truly, we could say our church is Encounter Church. He truly encountered Jesus. His name was Kwame, and he was our cashier at Publix. And we have a Publix like right up the street from our house. We just go there. We got to know Kwame. He became our friend. We invited him over for dinner. College student, introduced him to other college students. He came to church, and eventually he became like the our way into the campus of Kennesaw State to start reaching more college students. Wow, nice. that's dope. Yeah, he yeah, did, that's great. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's you know that's that's great because it that is the yeah the prevailing thought of church starts nowadays seems to be like you said kind of even if not a show but it's got to be cool it's got to be relevant it's got to be launch big yeah you know um launch with 200 people cuz we we we've me and Jay have heard this like we're like oh you got to launch with at least 200 people you know and you don't you can't launch your church unless you have 200 people and it's like that's a lot of people and then we launched with 20 like 30, 30 people for sure i yeah, yeah i always i always i always yeah, say 30 200 <laughs> I, I did read somewhere that they were talking about 200 i do remember that yeah that was, is a model start start big start I with 2 or 300 was, I think people that was arc, right? yeah yeah arc was like 200 or something yeah. like that and it was just but you, it, you build for a year so that your first service will have two hundred people. It's like, Get out of here! Yeah, it's um. <laughs> yeah, we launched with twenty, and I say that because I don't. Uh, it's like we launched. I, I don't think launch is the right. word. <laughs> we had a service. <laughs> yeah. We started. Well, you know, listen, because I know from from our perspective, um, you know, Jay visited you guys first. Um, I was visiting somewhere else, and I mean, Jay was just like he was like texting. He was like, "Yo, worship is awesome." He's like, yo, pastor's bringing it. Like it was just, you know. And so <laughs> he's it's, not, he's not scared. Yeah, he's like, pastor's bringing it, and and he's not, you know. And he like, what, I forget what it was, you know. He was like, oh, he said, you just said this. I'm like, what? So that was, I was like, I'll be there next week. <laughs> <laughs> so I came the following week. Matter of fact, that message you, you're preaching, and and you say something. I I was just looking at Jay like, did he just say that? He's like, yeah, he just said that because we, you know, it's weird that we've gotten used to. And this is a great thing. Like, this is a compliment. So we've gotten used to pastors holding back or not really saying things yeah. because they don't want to offend anyone or they don't want to. That actually, they don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. That actually made it hard for us to find a church. Yeah, because we've been either just staying at home and bedside baptizing it. Yeah, just made that into a verb. <laughs> or, <laughs> or just like visiting different churches and we hear the the bubblegum stuff and we're like, nah, come on, man. 
I mean, worship is cool, but get out of here. Right? It's beautiful PC messages. That's yeah, so, so, but that's the problem when you've got like two guys that have been. Yeah, I mean, I grew up. I grew up in the church. Yeah, have had leadership positions. Have done the the Bible college thing, right? So it's like, dude, come on, you you can do better than that. Yeah. <laughs> like, so and so here we are, and so you met us, and now your life has changed forever. Forever, ever for I the better. For, I don't know if I, I won't, that, that I won't know if I'll say for, for the, the better. For the better, that one is still out. The jury is still out on that one. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> we, we we'll see have, how we'll see how mad your wife is if she listens to this. She's us. not allowed to listen to this. <laughs> that's, not, that's got nothing to do with us. We didn't even egg that on. <laughs> I know, but you know she's gonna blame us. You right? drew it out of me. You know she's gonna blame us. Yes. She's gonna come to us and be like, "Come on, if you're here, if you're hearing this, it is officially their fault." Um, so, it's gonna be, it's gonna be done. Um, all right, so then, uh, real quick, we got about, uh, okay, yeah, we're good. So, so then, all right, so now you guys have been here. Um, the one cool thing that, that we like about Encounter, um, and as you guys, and I, and I get it because of your background, but the missions thing, like, you know, you guys are sending a team to the Philippines later this year, I believe it is. We just went to Honduras in November. Yeah, you have Honduras, and then um, Philippines, Cuba, and then you got the Cuba thing, which is it's yeah. in the I guess early stages. Yeah. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the Cuba thing, because that's being Caribbean. Well, that's what we interesting. Care about. Interesting. <laughs> interestingly <laughs> enough, one of the reasons we chose Atlanta is because ATL. It's the world's biggest and busiest airport. You can go anywhere on world, a direct yeah. flight. So what a better city. Except Poland. Except Poland. <laughs> <laughs> There's no direct flight. I think now there is. Okay. But so not, it was like, I think like, so like last year or two years ago. There's no better city to have a church if you want to do missions than Atlanta. Like, right. you can go hop in the car, go to the airport, and you're there. I mean, right. so, uh, but but yeah, with my, you know, my missionary background, that that's just what I am. That's so the that's, that's the two of you missions. Me, not so much. Na- na- <laughs> that's naturally, naturally going to be part of our, our church culture. And so... Um, after we were able to build the church to a certain point, you know, starting, it's it's hard to get things off the ground, get things right. going. But we we you know we finally got um, up to you know about 120 or 30 people, and from those people that began to come here from the Atlanta area, a lot of them had never ever been anywhere on a anywhere outside of the country. Right. Even right. <clears throat> much less on a mission trip. Right. So it was like we have got to start taking people you know i can go but it's one thing for me to go i mean i i recently went to peru on my own and you know some other stuff but taking people that's just part of who we are and so we uh decided to um take a trip to honduras and to take a team so we did that in november I actually took my nice. at the time three and five year old on their first nice. ever mission trip that was really cool to honduras that's crazy to yes me. and it was crazy <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so, uh, and then this really cool opportunity came up out of the blue, this thing in my heart about, about, about Cuba and knowing one day we're going to do something there. There's this movement called the surge movement. And if you've never heard of surge, you need to look it up surgeproject.com or .org or just look up the surge project. But the surge is a church planting movement all over the world. Um, in the past, I think about 15 years since they started, they've planted over 23,000 churches Dang. around wow. the world. And get this, their most recent one, a testimony I heard was that they found people living in the canopy of the rainforest. Like, 
naked tree people. Yeah. Right. That like live in the trees, and they planted three churches in the trees. Get out of in here. In the what? trees what? with the people living in the Where? trees. Yeah. Stop. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> Edit. Um, wow, that's amazing. What country? Uh, well, we, I got to get back to you on that one. Trees. I forgot. So <laughs> they did tell us. Is it South America somewhere in South it's America? Somewhere South right? America. That's Either South America or the or the or like or maybe the Pacific. Yeah, yeah. Pacific. So, um, I know. I think tree it's more churches. like over towards yeah, <laughs> rainforest treetop churches. How cool is that? With Tarzan, so, with no clothes. How talk, cool? Talk about talk about don't fall asleep during service. Yeah. That's a long <laughs> way down. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the sur- the 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 surge was talking about like we were at a conference and they were presenting like <clears> this is what's happening all around the world and they talked about about Cuba and they were saying that how there's a church planting like revival there's a movement in Cuba right now it's still somewhat underground because it's still Cuba's still not totally it's open still it's still Cuba yeah and um but but it's happening and so it was like if you want to help plant churches. You know, basically, they say this is how much it costs to plant a church in this country. This is how much it plant, uh, how much it costs to plant a church in that country. Different places around the world, it costs a different amount because, basically, what they do is they find pastors and they train them to plant a new church, and then they're like on a waiting list, and and you can partner and you can raise the funds. And what they do is they fund a pastor for one year to give himself full time to start a church. That's awesome. And so. Um, so they don't have to do anything else but just give themselves like to the vast, church. Vastly yeah. different from the launch with 200 strong model. Right. Exactly. So so we were like, well, how much is it to plant a church in Cuba? And they were like, $1,200. We're like, $1,200? $1,200 for a year salary. $1,200. $1,200. $1,200. I just can't believe it. Right. Le- way less than what most people make in a month here. So um, we were like, well, okay, well, let me, yes, that's a little bit, but when you got a brand new church with a lot of college students, 1200 is like $12,000, you know? Yeah. But we were like, let's just do this by faith. We're going to commit. We're going to say, Lord, we want to give you for Christmas. So this was like <coughs> June, no, yeah, June of 2017. We want to, by Christmas time, we want to give Jesus three churches in Cuba. I'm, so, just, I'm sorry. I'm just in disbelief, right? Because I'm thinking... Like the, the the thought that hits me is like twelve hundred dollars is nothing. Yeah, right. It's nothing, right? You get all these. Well, it's nothing here. Yeah, no, no. But this I'm talking about here. I'm talking about here. You know, everybody come tax time, they splurge and they throw money away on like different yeah garbage things. You know, I want to get a thousand dollar phone. My with, pops are not along, garbage. Uh, along with the, I don't appreciate that. You know, yeah. I'm gonna get a thousand dollar phone with a yeah. four hundred dollar watch. Right? Woohoo! With my taxes. Right? That's a whole when, church. That's a whole church. Yeah. I, that's that's incredible. Yeah. So we said, let's do it. Let's commit to, I mean, like, by faith, we're going to do this. We don't have $3,600 extra, like, on top of still a brand new baby church budget that makes it by a miracle every month, that we still don't have enough, uh, like, regular tithes and offerings in our church to sustain the church as it is right now. We still depend on miracles that come from the outside every month. But let's just commit. We're going to do this. And that was June. By the end of August, we had done all three. The goal was for Christmas. By the end of August, we had done all three churches. We had raised it. We had sent it. And then for Christmas, we did a fourth. So just like, let's do an extra one for Christmas. So we we were able to uh, send the funds to plant four churches 
new churches in Cuba, and the guy that's the the director of the the Caribbean zone for church planning for the surge, he's like, well, Cuba, you can't send the money. Like Mexico, you can send the money. You can put right. it in the bank account, or if or or Brazil or whatever. But Cuba, you <clears> cannot <throat> send the money. You have to hand deliver the cash because it'll disappear probably. Right. You know. So it was like so we Again, have to because go it's still cool. <laughs> because it's still Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> so is so we have to go hand deliver the money. You want to go? And I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to Cuba. This is like a dream come true. This was never. I, I had no way of making it possible. I had no way of going to Cuba, and then I get invited to go take the money that we raised to go plant four churches and go take it to them and meet the pastors that are doing it. Nice. So oh, that's awesome. The uh, the last week of of April, my brother in law Julian and I, uh, we flew to Havana, Onana. Sorry. No, that's, I, yeah, I Jay, approve. Jay just Thumbs up. like. <clears throat> Sank into the microphone. <laughs> so we flew to Havana, and uh, we we were able to with a few other pastors. Like, I don't know if I'm gonna get in trouble for saying this, but like, divvied up the money <laughs> on the plane because you gotta so yeah. you know don't have to declare all that money. And we got there, and we were able to go in and meet this one main pastor who started what Serge calls a strategic church. In, in, in Cuba, it's illegal to gather more than forty people. In a gathering, because yeah. they'll accuse you of rioting, revolution against mm-hmm. the government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this church like has this church has three hundred people. It's like a super mega church for Cuba, right? And they're flying under the radar because they're they're doing it in such a way. They literally, instead of calling it a church, they call it a party center, and they have parties every Sunday. They have uh-huh. Jesus parties every Sunday, but it's a church. And then well, ain't th- no party like, like a Holy Ghost, Ghost party, party. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in Cuba you can have a party, right? Like yeah, uh, an ev- it's like a venue for parties, weddings, whatever. Right. So okay. what they do, they churches can't own property in Cuba. So what they did was, as an in, only individuals can own property, and you can own a party center. So what they did was they invested this money into this. Party center, that's what it's registered as, and they have parties every Sunday. Nice. And so, you were wondering about that. Remember, yeah. we, 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 yeah. we talked about that. Now, they could still totally get in trouble. They're, I mean, they're risking it every day. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're, it's, it's totally a risk. So, we, we pray that they we pray stay under the radar. Yeah. So, what's the name of the church? Nueva Vida. Nice. So, yes. we have to make sure we keep that church, and that Nueva Vida, right. in Cuba. In, in Cuba. Our yes. That's awesome. Yeah, and th- through that big that strategic church, they're the ones who are helping these other pastors all around start the newer, smaller churches. Right. Which literally, we went to one that was in the pastor's garage. Like that's what they do. Yeah, so yeah, we want to start a church. I'll give my house for that's the church. That's how we do right. it. Yeah. So it's like the garage. I mean, you call it a garage. It's more like a cement slab, open air. It's a marquesina. Right. Or marquesina yeah. Yeah. Yes. So they <laughs> fill that up, and then everybody else just like overflows out into the street. Yeah. And that's how they have church. So wow. we got to go do that. That was really cool. And we're going to go back, and we're going to keep planting more churches, and we're going to start taking teams to Cuba. <laughs> Tourist trips. Ooh, to now, plant, now you've... Well, no, I don't know if you want to take me to churches. Cuba. No, don't I don't, take Joaquin I don't think Jay will let me go to Cuba. 
No, I might dis- come back. I might disappear. Aww. You'll be like, "Where is he?" And I'll be, you know, smoking a cigar with some old Cuban <laughs> man, stayed. drinking, drink, well, drinking cafe, you know, drinking cafecito and, uh, and smoking a cigar in, in, in an actual party center, listening to a live band. Liz- yeah, <laughs> listening to some Afro Cuban no, stuff. I'm, I'm not taking you. Be like Joaquin. <laughs> They'll be like, "Where Joaquin go?" Hunter be like, I got it. No, like, <laughs> he grabbed me by the ear. <laughs> Get over here with your with 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 your with your hat. My hat, with the gu- your hat and your hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we looking, asked Hunter. Like you're from there. Yeah, because I I told Jay I was like, hey Jay, ask Hunter to bring back a cigar for me, and Hunter was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pastor, you get one. <laughs> Not illegal anymore. No, but that is um, that's amazing. That's awesome. I'm, that's super exciting to hear. Because I think I've always felt that a church that invests in missions, regardless of how big or small it is that's a church that's gonna that's gonna be a live and vibrant church you know regardless of regardless of numbers right Right. but it's gonna be a church that 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 is gonna be vibrant and people gonna be loving god and growing because it you know without that i mean that's what we're supposed to do anyway right right. i mean that's 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 the the call and that's the call and you know you see a lot of church uh, my dad was a pastor of a church one time and my dad used when he was a pastor he used to say you know uh, give pray go that was mm. that was what we need to do. We need to, you know, give, pray, and go. And uh, one time, right before he got kicked out, this lady in the middle of a very contentious meeting was like, "Oh, pastor, you know, we give and we pray. We're just not going, people. Mm-hmm. You know." And you know, lo and behold, that church, if it's still open, probably has about the same fifteen people mm. that are super old. You know, barely hanging on. Because they, you know, they just don't have that mentality of we need to go. Not even go. <laughs> they didn't even want to go to their neighbors. You know, they didn't even want to go to the next door. They didn't even want to go. They didn't even want to go to the trailer. They want to go to Publix. They were mad. <laughs> that, yeah, they were mad that people from the trailer park were coming to the church. Like oh, that's man. how messed up it was. Yeah. So, no, so it's always exciting. Yeah. So it's always so it's always exciting, and that's one of the things I, I and, and you know Jake can attest to this. One of the things that that I always look for in a church is, well, what's your missions mindset? Not that you have to be doing it now, you know, if you're a new church, but what's the vision? But what's the vision? Yeah. Is it like, you know, well, yeah, and, and once we get, you know, that's step number four, as we get these steps, you know, we're looking at blah, 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 or whatever. So, yeah, man, so that's super, super, duper exciting. I can't yeah, wait. Right. I can't wait to go. I'm going to Cuba, by the way. I have to wrap myself, ha- fold myself more, into, a, into a suitcase. More missions-minded, and he's got the heart for missions more than I do. I mean, I have the heart for missions, by sending Joaquin. <laughs> right. Well, I don't. My thing because is, I come from more of, of an evangelist background, and you've done you know, more you come trips. right you, that legalistic background. So what it is is, <laughs> yeah. So I grew up Southern Baptist. So knowing you know Southern Baptist, f- for whatever their faults are, huge, huge on missions. Oh yeah, you know. And um, I, I knew this kid uh, who whose parents were missionaries in Africa, and he was like, man, yeah, the Baptists always had everything. I'm like, yeah, because the Baptists support their missionaries. Yeah. Like, you know. Um, so I grew You've up. You've been to Africa, right? I've, I've been to Ghana. Um, I've been to Nicaragua, Tijuana. Um, I've been to, uh, when I was 18, I did a whole summer in Florida, going to uh, migrant towns. Oh, cool. Doing surveys and stuff to to find places to plant churches. Um did you go to Did you go to Korea? Was been in just, Alabama. Was just I did. I did go to Korea. Taught English at a school, but that was I was supposed to go teach. But that that's one other thing. 
Um, but I did, I, I did go to Korean. No, because Joaquin was a, it was a youth pastor at a Korean church. At a Korean church, two different Korean churches. <laughs> yeah, that's always <laughs> when we met. That's always when we met. Yeah, he was that's a youth always pastor at a Korean church. Like, <laughs> Korean. You're not Korean. I was like, you don't know. <laughs> By then, I was, I was, I was heavier. So my, anyway, um, fucking <laughs> myself in trouble. Um, not that I care. Uh, yeah, so I've been to uh, see uh, San Diego. Uh, I've been to Texas. Yeah, so I've been. Fort Wayne, Indiana. Been around counting. Yeah, I've always, I've never really necessarily felt like, you know, oh, I'm going to go be a missionary. But I've always enjoyed going on the trips and, and bringing people. Yeah. Because it's so life-changing, even if you go for a week or two. Oh, yeah. You know, it's so life-changing that even if even when you come back, and it's funny because even when you talk to people that maybe left the church, like that, that still made an impact oh, on yeah. them, right? Yeah. They still remember yeah. that time when they went to. Yeah, I, I've, I've only you know, gone fill in the blank. to one mission trip. I was 12, and um, I went from a spoiled brat to, <laughs> to a kid that, like, I still give away everything. So it is it is life-changing. But, and I also remember I told you that there was also a pastor who was like, oh, no, God called me and told me to be here. <laughs> and after one day, he went home. He went home. <laughs> yeah. Kiss God. Yeah, <laughs> made up. Of course, my problem. Yeah, my thing is too. Like, I always like to pick on people because uh, uh, we we had a friend. I can't remember who it was that we're going on a mission trip, and uh, they were like, "Oh yeah, we're going to stay at this hotel and it's like air conditioned or whatever." And it was like, I was like, "That's not a mission trip. You got to sleep on the floor. <laughs> That's a real mission trip." That's a real mission. When I was in Africa, I slept on the floor <laughs> with the bugs. <laughs> yeah, or, or um, scot free. He went to Bolivia. Yeah. And he slept in the underground tunnels with the kids to reach those families that were like living in the old. Yeah. Like, so, where? Um, in Bolivia. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, that, that, like, hey, yeah. So, the idea, where? yeah, the, the, the missions focus, that's fantastic. That's always exciting to, you know. Yes, yeah, so um, you have um, to hear. It will encounter as, well, now the four church plants in Cuba and um, taking a, the team to the Philippines. A in the school Philippines. in the Philippines, is it? It's uh, it's called Hope Centers. That's another one. So I told you about Surge Hope Centers, Hope Hope Centers, dot org. <laughs> that might be right too. <laughs> but Hope Centers is uh, another uh, missions organization that uh, it's kind of like threefold. They do uh, they feed kids, right? And so it, it it's mainly in the Philippines. They also actually have a Hope Center in Lithuania, but oh. it's for the elderly. That's interesting. Because in the Philippines, the kids are hungry. In Lithuania, when people get old, they're kind of forgotten. So the old, the elderly are hungry. I know it's yeah. awful. And so, yeah. and then, and and I'm 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 hoping we're gonna help them start a hope center in Cuba. But anyway, uh, hope centers um, is mainly in the Philippines. They feed kids. And then as they feed kids, they disciple kids, they teach them the Word of God, and then they have something called Dream Release, which is uh, they, they choose kids and pay for them to go to school all the way to college. Nice. Wow. And, um, and so, so anyway, they feed them, they disciple them, and they send them to school. And so uh, and we helped, Encounter Church, we helped... Also, um, earlier on in 2017, we helped um, start a new Hope Center on this island called 
I think it's called Towson. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but probably not. But that's okay. Anyway, <clears throat> say it with confidence, Pastor. Towson. It was. Yeah. It's in a. It, <laughs> it, it, it's a little island on this big, huge river. The river that if you look it up, if you Google's it, is that how you say it? Yeah, Google. Google. Always at it, the S at the end. On the Google's. It's the river where they caught the world record biggest crocodile. Ooh. And kids swim across the river to go to school. To go to school. That's bananas. So, how are these kids not in the Olympics? Because right. they got to so, be real fast. <laughs> <laughs> real, strong. Real, real fast to out, out swim Lake Placid. You know, like <laughs> giant, strong, yeah. muscular legs. Yeah. So, so, anyway, we helped start the new Hope Center for these kids. And then when we found about them swimming across the river so the reality is a lot of them can't go to school because when it rains and the river rises too much they can't swim across the river so the most recent thing we did was help um help them they're building a ferry boat for the kids to cross the river every day to go to school and so we're helping them do that so what we're going to do is send a team over there to that new hope center okay yeah that's awesome in october yeah wow a lot of stuff um, you have anything else, Jay? Hold on. What? Jay is... He's still looking for pictures of he's me. Doing, no, 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 no. I'm looking at the biggest crocodile ever caught. Uh, 21 feet long. Uh, pff, that's nothing. <laughs> it's a baby. It's a baby 2, crocodile. 2,369 pounds. Okay, that's a little That's what all the people inside that he ate. It's a lot of burgers. It's a lot of crocodile <laughs> burgers. Near the village of Consuelo. It's funny how mm-hmm. a lot of Philippines and Filipino cities are have the Spanish. Spanish they were ruled by Spain, like um, a lot of places. <laughs> like everybody. <laughs> I, I had to, I, I had to, I had to look it up to see yeah. it because, um, like, imagine a twenty-one foot crocodile, right, jumping out of the water because these things jump out of the water, right? <laughs> right? And and you're a four foot three kid, like. <laughs> <laughs> that is. I don't, want, I don't want our Hope Center kids swimming across nope. that river to school. Yeah, so that's yeah, dope. That's, that's dope. That's dope. So, um, nah, I'm done. I'm good. Good. I think we've mined past the hunter for now. For I better go pick up my kids. They've been everything. quite a while with the, the suegros. That's okay. That's oh, with that's the okay. suegros. They're fine. Yeah, tell them. Tell them you. More, hey, your suegros love me, so just tell them okay. you were with me, and and <laughs> they'll be, be like, good. oh, Joaquin. Okay, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> Need to um, call call back to Mexico and find Joaquin a wife. Um, anyway, all right, <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on that one. <laughs> I'm gonna get a chihuahua. Joaquin <laughs> <laughs> needs a chihuahua. Um, um uh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go well, ahead. well, coming no, soon. Coming cause soon. Because I'm laughing. No, we took we we posted it. Well, I posted it on on Instagram last night. We're gonna get into. A series, right? We promised you guys a series like we did last last um, season with um, God Culture, and it's um, it's called Savage Christians. Savage and we're Christians. Gonna, yeah, we're so. gonna have different people come in and speak on just different like, to- just topics the, within that. The heart of yeah. of biblical focused confrontation, right? Yes, like biblical focused confrontation, confrontation through love rather through. Emotions or anger or, or whatever, whatever right? it is. So, so, so um, right, that's that's the tease. That's, that's the, the tease. That's the teaser. It'll be coming. Um, it'll soon. We 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 me and Jared talked about it earlier. We got a couple ideas, so we got to kind of iron those out. Also, also, what? also, we're migrating everything. This is to 
TheOverflowPodcast.com. So right, TheOverflowPodcast.com. So expect that in a week or two. Com. I'm working It'll on a lot up. of other things, too. Yeah, we're, we're like <laughs> switching up some stuff. We're, we're going to be... We're streamlining a bit. Yeah, we're going to be amazing. Um, <laughs> a, little, a little more amazing than what we are now. At least that's the hope. So, uh, that's it. as always, thanks, uh, everybody, for joining us. We're glad that you're here. Thank you, Hunter. We're really glad that you My came pleasure. and hung it's out. Fine. You're always welcome. My name is Joaquin. I'm still Jay. And this is the Oprah Podcast. Thanks for listening. Remember to head on over to This Is Our Cry for more content. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or Stitcher.